What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and to find a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. And here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. I believe some uh, congratulations are in order, Dan. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. As you um, may have seen, because I shared it on the Cover Band Confidential uh, group, I am now employed. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I start on Monday, and uh, that means the days of our daytime podcast recording. Uh, this will be the last one of those. Ah, I know. The end of an era. It is. It is. I've been oh. uh, I've been in interviews as well. Actually, I was on a 90-minute one uh, wow. right before we started. So Good. Uh, we, we shall see if it is good. <laughs> well, I think, I think even just the practice of interviewing, even if it's not a great fit, you know, getting yourself up for it and prepared for it, it's just it's a good exercise. Yeah. Certainly beats sitting on the couch and waiting for something to come to you. That's true. Uh, yeah. So uh, I know that we, we're going to get into uh, your past uh, gigs for the bulk of the episode. Yep. Um, but uh, everything going good? Well, so we, we took a pass on last week's episode, right? So two weekends ago, I had a Viva La Muerte gig on Friday and a mm-hmm. Clanky Lincoln's gig on Saturday. And then last weekend, I had a solo acoustic show on Friday night and then two Lincolns, a Lincoln doubleheader on Saturday. Um, and um, the week before, the morning of the VLM show, the Heap Festival it was called, I woke up with a little bit of a throat, kind of a, kind of a uh, something. Yeah. And it was stayed kind of like that for three, four days. And then by like the Tuesday coming into the week before that Friday night acoustic gig, I was hurting. I was in bad shape and I sounded terrible. And yeah. I literally just had no head voice. <laughs> and what <laughs> what chest voice I had sounded terrible. And um so I went and got got myself replaced by a dude who is a big inspiration for me, really amazing player. Um, and then the day of, he backed out with the flu, so I had to scramble and find another replacement. <laughs> but it was a great show. I ended up, you know, taking my gear to it and running sound for a local um, Mark Watson. Is his name? He plays under the name Buddy Rowe, and he's a blues guy um, and and sort of a luminary in the blues uh, community here. He's he's a, a pretty big deal and and killer killer blues player really nice. puts on a great show so so that was very good and then on saturday afternoon we played the reedsville north carolina fall festival which was fun and then that night we had a bar gig at a new place we hadn't been to before so it's a tiring it was a long weekend it was a lengthy well, it was a lot but um yeah but we got through it and then uh, got paid for everything so that was all good fantastic you you've been off from gigging yeah a little bit um We've got uh, an event coming up on the 3rd that uh, we're kind of in the process of doing. Um, and in the meantime, I've been trying to do some other things, um, you know, some promo related for the band. But um, a friend of, a friend of mine um, was asked to host an open mic, and he was like, I need, like, people to come to this thing. So will you come? So uh, <laughs> on, like, a Thursday night, I went out. Good. And um, I hadn't been to an open mic in – or, like, an open jam in I don't know how long. And uh-huh. uh, that – evening's experience reminded me of why I don't go to those things. <laughs> uh, we got up and did like three songs at the beginning, just kind of like fast and loose. And it was fun. Um, but the other guys wanted me to come back on, but these, these, you know, the other people that wanted to do it, like open mics serve a purpose. And it is um, for people who are, I would say less experienced to get their stage time in because mm-hmm. it, it's valuable stuff that needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, and for that reason, I, I I don't need to 
be there. <laughs> right. It was, yeah, there was just, uh, <laughs> at one point during this guy came up and just would not get off stage. Um, the bass player literally put the bass down and walked off because wow, it was that like, it wasn't just that it wasn't good, but his general attitude to the other people playing was kind of adversarial, hmm. even though he was playing things that didn't make sense musically and um, were not fun to listen to. Hmm. So he's just being kind of a jerk. And uh, the bass player literally walked off in the middle of the song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, but d- did that deter him from stopping? Absolutely yeah. not. He, he continued yeah. on. Yeah. Emboldened, I'm sure. He persevered. He's, he's, uh, you know, I mean, it's by definition, it's amateur hour. So. Yeah. It's literally yeah. amateur hour. Yeah. The yeah. um the other thing is is Convoy got a gig. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean I don't I haven't talked about them except in passing I think ever on this on this podcast. Uh, so we are playing at a car dealership on Friday, um, and there's a there was this last minute thing that popped up that m- I might actually be filling in for the uh, the Leonard Skinner tribute that they do as well. Now I had talked to that I might have been doing that for another event, but it was for a different person in the band. So now I have to learn that smell again <laughs> differently. Yeah. So that's, that's a fun challenge. The upside is, is I'm, once we uh, wrap up this episode, I'm going to go and pick up a, uh, an explorer because that's what Alan Collins plays. And I right. really, it's one of the, uh, the Brendan small thunder horse explorers, uh, which I've really wanted to try out, so I'm very excited about that as well. Good. Let's. Well, listen. I got. I got one other. Um, just kind of quick hit thing. Um, mm-hmm. So the um, uh, a few weeks ago, we played a uh, a brew pub in town here, Gibbs Hundred. We played for their fourth anniversary party and had a blast. And the bartender who booked us, um, his boss, patted him on the back for having us. And you know, so it's all the stuff they want to have happen. Yeah. He reached out to me a few days later. Um, they do weekly um, acoustic there having bands is fairly rare because the owner doesn't quite get it and can't can't quite make the economics of it work and isn't Mm -hmm. a music guy so doesn't feel strongly about you know promoting music for its own sake and um so full bands have been a tough tough sell for him um but i told that bartender who does the booking for the other stuff that i would love to play there and all of that. Um, he reached out to me with this idea. They, they also and they also do trivia. That's the other thing. They do trivia on Wednesdays yep. and music on Friday. Um, he reached out to me with this idea for like a musical trivia game, like a like a name, name mm-hmm. that tune sort of live music trivia thing. And um, we looked around and can't really find anybody doing exactly that. Uh, it's, it's a neat idea. And so um, next Thursday, the first, we're gonna. We're going to try it. We're going to see if we can load the place up with some friends just to sort of test out the game mechanics of it mostly. Yeah. But it'll be the sort of thing, like I'll start a song and like each team will have a percussion toy of some sort to like be their bell or ring in, you know, we know the the song bell and then yeah. um, you'll get a possible three points for the name of the song and the artist and the year. And, uh, you know, winner gets the pot, everybody buy in for three bucks like they do for the trivia nights and everybody, the winner gets the pot and a round of beers and, um, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. So, you know, we'll do the trivia part. People say the name and get it right and get their points, whatever. And then I'll play the, the song. So it'll be an hour or so of music that has a trivia moment at the beginning of each song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be fun. I think it'd be, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. I think it's a really interesting idea. Yeah. There's a, there's a place that does something like that. Um, 
right by us. We, in it, it in itself is kind of an interesting concept. It's uh, it's they're called it's a it's a chain of restaurants called Truck and Tap, hmm. which is basically a bar. So they they serve beer and wine, and that's the main component of the property. But what they do is they bring in food trucks every single day. Cool. Sometimes two a day, one for lunch and one for dinner, and it's just kind of this this kind of thing that's popped up. But their their beer selection is awesome. We go there quite a bit and we've been wanting to go but it's kind of on a weird night so we haven't been able to uh to check it out but i think it's got i think the idea's got legs i think so and um and the, i the thing that i was thinking was that i would just i would absolutely crush a game like that you would you would no like we did something similar to that on my birthday uh and there was a name that tune component and it was like me and like versus a a cadre of like millennial 20 something year old girls. Oh yeah. And it was just, it was embarrassing for them. I'm sure a bloodbath. Yeah. Like the first, like the first notes of bye, bye, bye hadn't even like disappeared into the ether and I had already named it and claimed it. And they were like, wait, what? Like they hadn't even said bye, bye, bye yet. (laughs) Yeah. Really? How do you even know that's what that is? Uh, Well, um, I will tell you it's, it's, um, I have not, I've designed the set list for the show that is not, really full of stumpers there are a couple that are going to be tricky for people but a lot of them are like if you if i play the first chord of purple rain and half the room doesn't immediately know what that is i'm going to lose my mind like, yeah it's just so identifiable so some of them are like that and then some are you know um i don't expect personal jesus to be identified right off the bat oh i could i, I could do it off of the harmonics alone i know you, yeah, yeah yeah i know i know you could but um there are a lot of things that could be, you know, that there's uh that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. And, 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 you know, I'll learn a lot in that first, this first trial one about how, how deep my cuts need to be. Yeah. Um, I think you want a good balance, you know, watching, uh, my wife does the leads, the trivia there once a month. And, um, I've watched her learn some stuff about how hard the questions need to be. She's a huge Tolkien nerd. So her first mm-hmm. time was Lord of the Rings and, um, God, she just blew him away. Like nobody's, nobody scored any points. Like, you know, What's the name of Gandalf's sword? Huh, well, Steve. Steve Glamdring Steve. actually is the right answer. Steve the Steve the sword. Steve Pete the I don't know something. But that was that was kind of the level of her questions, and she learned to like really dial down the difficulty because sure. people need to be able to get some. Yeah. So I mean, it is for drinking after all. That is the point. That is the point. I, I consider those activities. Uh, it's like sports and other things. Uh, the I, I, the category I use is beer adjacent. Hmm. It is a beer adjacent activity, and I tolerate most beer adjacent activities. Much that we do is beer adjacent. We'll get Indeed. into that a little later. Anyway, so I have a couple of housekeeping uh, items. Let's do it. So um, I had alluded to an interview episode, and that uh, that episode is coming. Um, it is with uh, a, a friend of mine who I've known for a very long time, who has had a very uh, long and interesting uh, career in the music industry, and he is currently playing with a very high-profile cover band um, and making a pretty good living. And beyond that, he's just an interesting human being, and I think it would be fun to listen to. So um, be on the lookout cool. for that in the next coming weeks. We're still trying to get our schedules hammered out. Um, the other thing is, is we've gotten a couple of requests from the uh, the Facebook group, and. Um, we have a topic that we wanted to kind of dive into today, so we will probably table those. But if you have any other suggestions, uh, we could do um, like a, a fan corner episode where we just answer your questions. So if you have any, please post those to the Cover Band Confidential Facebook page or email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com, and we could kind of pile them all up and do like a rapid-fire uh 
question and answer kind of deal. So that'd be fun. I was thinking the other thing that would be an interesting use of an episode or two would be to take some of the bands are that you know that are our membership and look into their branding and their messaging and how they're using mm-hmm. their social media and give feedback about that. I think that'd be really interesting. So if anybody listening, you know, wants to volunteer, let us know. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. That's actually one of the perks uh, for the Patreon account. That's true. That's true. So if you are looking for that kind of feedback and we're and and would like some, you know, advice and coaching that's a bit more specific for your particular market and what you're trying to do, um, you can support us on Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash cover band confidential. Uh, we would love the support. It would be great, but it's cool if, uh, if you don't want to also, <laughs> I feel like I have to keep saying that. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. We, we so, still love you even if you don't pop us a few bucks, but it's true. Pop us a few bucks, but yes, yeah, we why love not? you if you don't. It's like it's a virtual tip jar. Yeah. Or something. Or podcasting. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how that would work. Me neither. So Dan, in his marketing genius, uh, already coined the name of the episode. So Well, and let me I, I I stole it. So let me tell the story of this. Um one of the things I've been doing while I've been unemployed is binge watching some stuff. And um I've been reminded of my spirit animal, the character Andy Dwyer from Parks and Recreation. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's, um, I identify with that dude a lot. I, I, I'm I, yeah, a little more together than him maybe in some parts of my life, but the way he is with his band and the way, you know, it's just like, and at some point, some, a few, few episodes ago that I was watching, he said this line, it's like that old saying, the show must go wrong. And everybody looked at him like, that's not the saying. And he said, no, really, every show goes wrong somehow. Every, there's always some problem. And it's always just about how you deal with that. And I was like, yep, the show must go wrong. It actually must. Love it that. actually must. I don't know if I've ever, the number of shows I've done that have been completely to plan and flawless is small. Uh, not zero, but small. Sure. And it's all about perception anyway. Um, I have definitely had nights where I was like, we, man, we played the gig of our lives tonight and everybody sure. was into it and it was so much fun. And then you, maybe you listen to the recording. You're like, Oh, I guess we, <laughs> so, we so. might've, no, we didn't, yeah. but it felt good. Yeah. And you know, I, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of faith in that. The, the, the gut feel of a night is way more important to me than what the, you know, recording says. Sure. Um, there's a happy medium in there somewhere, but yes, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So So the show must go wrong and, and, um, and it must, and you must be prepared for the show to go wrong in ways mm -hmm. that you can't predict. Cause if you could predict them, you'd have already headed them off. And the story I want to tell is from my gig on Saturday night. Um, we were at a new place, a new bar. Um, I'm not going to say its name. Um, yes, that will be important later. (laughs) We, we were playing, outside in the parking lot and it started out when we pulled up it was high 60s and by the time we got to our first break it was in the high 50s and it got chilly as the night went on and so people were really not out in the parking lot with us a few were but most everyone was behind behind us so behind our backs were two big windows that were Mm -hmm. open and the bar was behind that so we had a fair amount of audience but it was literally behind our backs. Um, <laughs> it was kind of strange. Uh, but we played our butts off anyway. And um, at some point, 
early in the first set, stories differ on exactly how this happened, but a pint of beer got poured into my speaker system, one of the, the TurboSound IP2000s that we use. Um, and it started crackling and fizzling and was um, clearly mid-failure. Um, as we're, as we're playing the set and, and, um, Justin, who is between me and the speaker, um, hears it first and he's singing a song. I don't remember what, what song it was, but, um, he went over and kind of put his head against it, like to see if he was really hearing that. And, and he definitely was, and he kind of waved me over and I, I came over and, um, here's the thing I want, I want to the 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 lesson i want to impart in this conversation if any is this we diagnosed it um and dealt with it we sh- shut the shut the thing down and broke it down and you know just turned it off basically and I, and i fixed the mix to go one sided um we did all of that literally without dropping a beat in the song we were playing yeah so we ended up you know with one system out of commission and the other bumped in volume to compensate. Um, and certainly the audience who could see us was aware of some scurry, but, um, and if you, I'm, you know, we actually didn't record that show. I'm sure if you listened to it, you'd hear some fishiness in the performance, but we didn't lose a beat of the song. We didn't stop anything. We didn't, um, you know, the show must go wrong, but when it does, it must go on is the thing that I want you know, sort of the, the takeaway from that. And I was actually really proud of the, the way we pushed through that moment and just kept it going. Now, um, <laughs> the whole rest of the night, Justin and, uh, uh, Scott, our bassist who was behind, behind the unit, um, were like mad about it. The, the, the theory is that a bartender set a beer there and knocked it over. Um, because th- the bartender came out there about the, about the time we noticed the puddle <laughs> that the speaker yeah. was standing in. Um, <clears throat> but nobody really saw that happen. And, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, um, but you know, so, so as I said to the, both of them, like, I'll tell you what happened is a, a beer spilled on it. It's <laughs> that's what happened. And, um, and it's fully insured. I have, I have, uh, gear insurance with, uh, music pro and, so even if it never comes to life again, it's a nuisance to deal with, but it's not like the end of the world. And, um, you know, I, I was then the force sort of saying, all right, just shake it off and get back in the show. And, you know, the in-ears sound great, so listen to that. And um, people are still bobbing around and dancing. The ones who are out there in the parking lot are certainly enjoying our one-sided system. So, <laughs> you know, just play the show and then we'll deal with this later. And um, yeah. and that was what we did. Yeah, the... Um you know, we we can say today's episode is brought to you by Music Pro Insurance. Oh boy, can uh, we? Yeah, they and, and I will tell you they they um, there are other competitors for them. I don't mean it to be an ad for Music Pro, although they are the ones that I use. The one time I, I had, to. yeah, the one time I had to make a claim. Have you ever claimed with them? Uh, no, luckily I have not had to. Uh, the one the one time I did, I knocked my iPad off of my desk here in my ha- house, and it fell down face first and shattered. And um, it was a three foot drop. You know, it was just exactly the right drop. Um, yeah. And, uh, I had my iPad on my list of covered stuff cause I run the mixer from it and I nice. use it for lyrics. Hate mail yeah, that's one. to cover band confidential hey, at gmail.com. Um, 
but so it's listed. And so, you know, I, I, I got in touch with them and literally one phone call later, I, there was a check in the mail the next day. It was such a piece of cake to claim. Nice. So, um, you know, people worry about that the insurance company wants your money up front, but then it's a real, you know, chore to get cash out of them. That was not my experience at all. I, I'm very, very happy with that part of it. Yeah. So, you know, it was, you know, knowing that it had this thousand dollar thing that it was just sort of laying there in ruins, um, knowing I was covered with that was, was great. It was really great. So I, yeah. I do recommend to everybody that you get your stuff insured. Music Pro is not the only game in town, but I, but I've been happy with them. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, uh, if you are looking, they are a good place to start. Um, like, uh, Dan said, there are other competitors, but you know, I've used them and Dan's used them and they seem to work. So, yep. uh, if you're in the market, you should definitely check them out. Yep. And it does. I mean, if you didn't have that, you would be absolutely, you'd be completely devastated, right? Well, or I'd have to go, you know, shake my fist at the bar and have that relationship be something I don't want it to be. You know, it just, it just frees you from the consequence of that in, right. in a way that's really great. And I, I had found out about this because he had posted in a support, um, forum for the uh the turbo sounds and that was definitely the um approach of the the angry mob behind you um, I'm kidding yeah they were like yeah. burn the burn the bar down and um <laughs> and you know avenge the, avenge the families um, that really was like calm down guys <clears throat> yeah take, take, take it easy i mean even when you like were like everybody chill, chillax i've got insurance it th- that was not enough to satiate them. <laughs> right 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 and i mean i get it um, you know, we do spend a great amount of money, um, you know, investing in these projects. So, you know, sure. it, it, it feels personal, but sure. Sure. And if it wasn't insured, yeah, I probably would have to go do that. Um, yeah. and then have a whole argument with them. Well, are you sure it was my guy and tell me about what happened? Well, nobody actually saw it. Well, then how can you, you can just see that conversation not going well. Yeah. Um, even if it was like, I watched the guy do it, it looked deliberate. Like, <laughs> that's just not a conversation I want to be having. Um, so. Hot mess. Hot mess. So, um, so you know, a couple couple pieces of takeaway um, uh, is, you know, about um, keeping the show going at, at all costs. Um, now, there are times that won't happen. You know, I remember, Adam, you telling a story about playing somewhere and the mains died. Um, that's hard to recover from without missing a yeah. beat. What did you guys do? So we had a situation where um, <laughs> we didn't even know. Yeah, uh, this was this was an event where we were we were playing with a provided PA, but it was the first time we had used our in ear rig uh, with our splitter snake. So what we basically did is we went in and we plugged our sixteen channel fan into their. Um, it was a Behringer uh, X thirty two setup. So we set we plugged into their um, I guess S sixteen snake, and then ran all the mics through the front end of our rig. So when we started playing, you know, we had our, we had control over the mix and nothing changed. So halfway into our first set, um, we're just playing a song and we see all these confused looks in the audience. We're like, what is going on? (laughs) And we kept playing, you know, again, the show must go wrong, but the show must go on. So we just finished the song and didn't know anything about it until somebody walked up after the end of the song. They're like, there's no sound coming out. And um, the person who was running sound uh i think was like filling in and could not have cared less uh mm. about our situation and just kind of do 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 trying to like troubleshoot it 
so we got us down to one main and we played the rest of the show there. Um, that was the last time we were at that. We've been at that venue, which is a shame because people, we have people going, Hey, when you're going to be back there again, I'm like, when they go to better PA and yeah. you know, so yeah, it was, we didn't even know, <laughs> which I guess is one of the pluses of, um, you know, having your own rig. Yeah. Um, you can kind of isolate yourself from, uh, any issues that, you know, like you were dealing with, you know, it, it was affecting, you and your guys' performance because, you know, you were cognizant of it. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And um, and how did you handle the stopping of the show? I mean, that was, you had audience looking at you and they so, were clear something went wrong. Yeah, we, you know, that's when you put the mic down. You're like, we appear to be experiencing an issue with the sound. Please, right. you know, hang out with us. You know, then you kind of, I think I, I probably sat down on the stage and was talking with people, you know, in front of us just, you mm-hmm. know, to kind of, keep people where they were, um, you know, so they didn't leave or go somewhere else. And I mean, it was, it was maybe two to three minutes before they had a suitable solution. And of course, then it's like the people going, I can't hear your vocals. I'm like, which again is just the most frustrating situation when you're not yeah. the person running sound. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was unfortunate. And, um, you know, we, we've gotten so accustomed to bringing our own rig and we just like the way that our rig sounds that it, you know, the convenience factor of not having to bring one, um, doesn't always outweigh, uh, the unreliability of, you know, house systems. Right. Right. Yeah. We, you, um, on Saturday, the, the show in Reedsville, North Carolina, which is, um, the biggest town in the rural County to the North of Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a pretty good sized festival. It was like a um, two big crossing main streets in town were shut down and tents all up and down them and vendors and stuff and food trucks. And um, and they had a darn good system that they plugged us into. And the sound guy there was was quick and good. Um, but I always I always do have that like I know that I, I I can hear the stage mix. And I trust that this guy's a pro and he is driving it from a, you know, from remote out in the audience space. So that's good. Um, but it is my brand out there and I, yep. and not being able to have my own ears on it is always a little bit troubling to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely get that. And, and, you know, at we, that's why we ended up, you know, buying, bu- not buying, uh, paying somebody to run sound for us, um, right. who was, right. who's equally bought in, um, and I totally get that uh, not everybody can uh, can afford to do that, but uh, it was a very sound investment on our part. Right. And he's learned a bunch of really great, um, you know, great tools. And uh, he's actually he works almost full time now as a live sound engineer when he's not working with us. Uh, he still puts us at the top of the list, which is really sweet because he's definitely uh, <laughs> making more money doing other gigs. But he has mm. bought into the. Um, you know, to the brand. So it's been really, really useful. So I know you're listening. So thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. We like you a whole lot. Yay for Ben. Yay for Ben. There you go. He's the one who told us that our intros were too long. Oh, well, thanks, Ben. So maybe, maybe we don't, maybe we don't, we don't think so highly of Ben all the time. Well, uh, you may not be wrong. I don't know. Constructive criticism. Well, listen, so what other kinds of disasters have you had? What other, I mean, we talked about gigs from hell, but like tech, tech wise, what other yeah. kind of meltdown have you encountered? So we've we've been having a recurring event with one of the wireless mics. It conveniently happens to be my wireless mic, where it just starts, you know, sh- shooting RF frequencies, um, like it's interference. Even it doesn't matter how many times you scan the room, how many times you mess with it, it it 
it's just always been an issue. Hmm. Um, so I've got to contact Sennheiser and have it sent back. Um, everything else that I've gotten from them has been rock solid, but this mic has, I think this is the second time it's been sent back. So, hmm. uh, that's a little frustrating. Um, I've had, um, I had a, w- and, and does that, so just to, on that one, does that act up in a show? Have you had to, yes, happen? no, it never acts up during, you know, sound check or very rarely acts up at sound check uh, only when, you know, when it's, when it matters, but there's been a plenty of times where something has gone kind of squirrely and I'm like, I don't want to risk it. I'll just go hardwired. I don't mind, you know, hardwired mics anyway. So, sure. um, so do you have, a, do you have a mic ready to go when that happens or are you typically, yeah, we have, I'll have an, we have a spare channel, uh, with a hardwired mic that we can just switch everybody over to. It's not a big deal. That's good. Um, and even then you can, we could do it that way, or you can just plug in. Cause again, all of our, pa- all of our stuff's on the front panel. So there's a, a channel that says Adam Vox and you just pull one cable out and put another cable in and right. you're completely switched over. Right. So minus the gain staging, um, it's, it's pretty much a, a, a straightforward deal. Batteries have also been an issue. Um, when I was playing, I played the biggest gig of my life, um, in front of about 10,000 people, uh, opening up for panic at the disco of all bands. Nice. All right. Um, the, uh, the wire, my, the battery in my wireless died because mm. we were so nervous and stuff. I forgot to even check it. So halfway through, you know, halfway through our set, it died. And then I was on this massive stage and I couldn't move more than like 15 feet in any direction, which was pretty Bummer. frustrating. So, so you, you it, have, um, that's, so that's another good thing to, to, to say you, that implies that you had a cable sitting right there that you could kick over to. I did. Um, I'm I'm very much a um, I'm a pragmatist uh, with all. At every fail point, there is a solution. Yep. Um, because they're just you can't afford for there not to be. And I've I've been doing this long enough to know that uh, Murphy's law is always in effect. And if it will, if it could go wrong, it will go wrong, and you should be prepared. Exactly. So that's that's sort of the that's the the thing I want to talk through. You know that 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 is like. What failures have you had, and how how did you deal with it, and how prepared were you? For me, I play wireless uh, on my guitar too, and I always have a guitar pedal or a guitar cable sitting next to my pedal board, Mm -hmm. uh, just all coiled up. And I've used it twice in my career, Um, but I always have it there. Yep. The other thing that um, prior to going to Helix, I had a monstrous pedal board that was covered with all kinds of nonsense and had a signal chain that was, you know, a fractal basically. Yeah. Um, and there were a couple of times when I <laughs> picked up my guitar and I, you know, and it, as you say, you know, it never happened when I first unbagged it or when I, you know, w- did sound check, but picking it up to get, hear sound come through it before downbeat, you know, right as we're getting ready to go and nothing. I have to kneel, yeah. kneel down and deal with it and just unpatched cables and trace things and always there's some you know the mic stand bumped the back of this cable which pulled that loose and so that pedal doesn't have power and it's killing the whole chain or um yeah troubleshooting a a big pedal board is is my definition of just hell on earth yeah uh, because there inherently there are so many failure points yeah it could be so many different things absolutely Absolutely. Um, and the troubleshooting process is tedious and just annoying. And then, you know, at the end of this, you're literally plugging from your guitar to the amp directly, um, bypassing all of that stuff you spent all that money and all that time putting together. Right. Um, and it's actually funny you mentioned that because this, the rehearsal that I had for the convoy gig, um, 
there was an amp in the rehearsal room. So I set up my Helix just as a pedal board and Albie dipped. It sounded awesome. Yeah. I was really, really pleased. Yes. Oh, um, just to, just to, to mention about, um, gear just for a second. Um, yep. this last two weeks of heavy, heavy gigging, uh, mm-hmm. paid for, for me, a power cab pro. Nice. So that'll be here tomorrow and I'll mess around with that and use it probably with my, uh, my show with Viva La Muerte on Saturday. Nice. That'll be fun. Anyway, um, you know, I have one time had to do that pedal board diagnosis in the middle of a show. Mm-hmm. And um, I literally turned to my co-front man and said, do something. <laughs> and and <laughs> knelt down and started plugging stuff. And they played things that they could get through without me. Um, but again, it was like, you know, the show can't stop for me to deal with this. That, you know, and and I can't not deal with this. So you, you got, you know, you, there has to be some sort of ability to tap dance uh, in a way that gets the show moving while, while I am, you know, elbows deep in patch cables. So, I mean, we, we totally beg for these things. I mean, you look at the setups of some people and, you know, I, I, I don't know about you. I love watching, um, you know, those gear rundowns mm-hmm. on, uh, like ultimate yep. guitar and that kind of thing. Yep. But like, you better have a person whose sole job is to make sure that your stuff runs because good grief, there are so many things that could go wrong. Wouldn't it be neat to have guitar techs at the level we're at? I've had techs before and um, it was cool. I mean, in, in my case, it was typically just to make sure that stuff was um, was tuned. Uh, that alone <laughs> was yeah, great. I'll bet. I'll bet. Have you ever- also, just having a person on the in the wings with you know with a guitar ready for you just makes you feel like a hot shot. Absolutely. Have you ever seen the Avett Brothers play live? Uh, I have not, but I did hear I did hear their new release um, on some radio show I was listening to yesterday. It sounded really good. Yeah, super good. Right. Um, the first time I ever saw them, they were busking on a street corner in Winston Salem, and I was like, "Nice, those guys are going somewhere." And then three years later, they were playing at the Grammys. It's pretty, pretty amazing. There you have it. Um, but they they hit hard on their guitars and they break strings all show long. And mm-hmm. um, so again, you know, there's another way that the show can go wrong. I mean, I don't know how many times we've broken strings on stage. You and I, I'm sure, are many. The Abbott Brothers, their guitar tech is on stage with them, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's got a table. And when one of them breaks a string, literally they take the guitar off and throw it backstage to the guy. And it goes 30 feet back to the dude who catches it and throws them another one, and they catch it and put it on and keep playing. So that's like that's like they have they have made that a part of it's their part show. of the show now. Yeah. So like, not only you know is the show going to go on when the show goes wrong from breaking a string, but like it's part of the it's like a big part of the fun to watch these guitars flying around. That's um, awesome. And you know he restrings it real quick and has it ready for the next time somebody needs a guitar. And I and I, yeah. I watched. I sort of followed guitars at some point. Like I don't think anybody has like a my guitar. I think they're our guitars. Yeah, because like I watched one come off one of the Avid brothers and go to the back and come back onto the other guy. Okay. Um. So uh, there's just sort of communal instruments. It seems like, um, or at least nobody's possessive about them. Um, yeah. But it, you know, it's a very, very um, certainly better than uh, trying to restring <laughs> in the middle of a song. I have done that, and and the last time I did that was the last time I did not have a second guitar on stage. I now always have two. <laughs> Even though I haven't picked up my second one in a long time, yeah, I just had this flashback. You're talking about there. It's the the Avett brothers, and you know, everybody's they all play the same guitars. I just flash back to parenting stuff. It's like that's mine. Right. Well, sh- you need to share. So even in a, 
even in adulthood, they're forced to share like their, you know, like their seven year old brothers, it's poor brothers. It's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also always bring it back up. Um, I have my Steinberger, which I, I love to play and I love the way it looks and all that jazz, but I've been playing this Paul Reed Smith EG three that I've, I, I borrowed from a friend of mine for the last few times, but I will say that having a Steinberger as a backup guitar is the perfect solution because it is the, <laughs> the smallest backup yeah. you could possibly find. So, um, it, it definitely goes to every show that I play. Um, but <laughs> it typically just sits behind the, behind the rigs. So suspect it looks eighties. It does. Um, I just, what it really needs is it needs new pickups. It's got the stock pickups and they look like EMGs, but they are not EMGs and they, they're just really woolly and not clear. Mm. And the whole idea of like finding what pickups to use just sounds really exhausting. Because it's like, well, if you want punch and clarity, you need these, but you don't want this much output, so you need one of these. And like you can just go on any guitar forum and it's just like, you know, it's 500 people saying the exact opposite of the person in front of them. Yeah, yeah, people nerd out hard about that sort of thing. That and capacitors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to talk about that. God. Oil and orange drops and oh, no. bumblebees. And, 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 and then there's like videos of like, now listen to this. Now listen to this. Now listen to this one. Notice the difference. And I'm like, those are identical, or at least when I get on stage, they're going to be identical. That I mean, that's don't, really like, what what that boils down to. And that's I've I've been reading a lot of reviews about the um you know the Line Six stuff, especially the HX uh, mm-hmm. Stomp series, and they're like, you know. We can tell the difference, but no one else will. No so one else will. It's a, that yeah. that is an important distinction. All right. Well, that's um that's the thing I wanted to say about the show must go wrong. It must, and it will, and it shall. So, in summation, get insurance, bring strings, bring cables, have a plan, always bring have batteries. a plan, bring backups of everything. Absolutely, bring two identical PAs. Yeah, that would be that would be that would be smart. It would be smart. It wouldn't be practical, but it would be no. smart. Yeah, bring to, in two cars. In yes, in two separate cars. So yeah, basically take whatever your budget is for next year and double it, um, <laughs> and then don't everything. don't ever use the other one. <clears throat> That's the important part. Right? Yeah, no, you use it once, it loses the resale value. That's true. You drive it off the lot. NRFB. Well, that's the price of doing business, you guys. There you go. Thanks there again you go. for your continued support. Um, like I said, we um, we've got a couple of questions about some uh, about song selection and kind of segues, and um, actually some topics that you've covered previously about uh, picking up gigs at uh, at new venues. Um, and we would love to uh, to get some more of those. We can pile those up and do a Q and A episode. So uh, please send those either via the Facebook page or to coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Uh, we thank you guys for continuing to uh, show interest in our our little teeny podcast, and you know we will continue to do our best to provide fun, interesting content. Yes, indeed. Yep. So I will call it for today. From here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. And I'm Dan Ray, coming to you from Greensboro, North Carolina. And you have been listening to the Coverband Confidential Podcast, episode 28. Have a good week.